0: Nice. Good day. This is Michael Wardy, Certified Financial Planner and Regional Director at Source HOV Tax. Thank you for listening to the only dedicated tax incentives podcast available. The goal for these podcasts is to deliver information that could be useful and applicable to your business. We'll interview experts in their field to talk specifically about their specialty and give some thoughts. Insights, stories, and when they can, advice on how to best approach a project. So, today, and hopefully you've listened to the prior three episodes, uh, but today is episode four in this five part series all about protecting yourself from ransomware, hacker, and today we're going to be talking about IDS, which I'm going to ask Brad and David exactly what is IDS, and we'll get into all that. Um, Brad, David, and David Jones are with Iron Grid as you probably know, having listened to the prior three episodes. Um, So, gentlemen, welcome back again. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I'm going to, once again, jump right in because I know we have a lot of things to talk about, and I'm going to have random questions for you as well. But in previous podcasts, we've talked about how really how long the hackers remain in the network before encrypting data and how they maneuver through it, and you really don't know that they're in there why are they just hanging out there they what what are they doing there Um, which is kind of concerning that somebody's watching over you like that and also can you share just some safeguards that exist to detect really to detect and to know and and I'll give you an example of why I asked that question sometimes (laughs) on um, even on my phone I'll see this this is where I see it mostly is that I'm sitting there and I'm looking at something and I'll see it kind of pause or delay is does that mean that somebody's in my phone?
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. You probably just uh, hit a I'm glitch. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 We're, what we're trying not is to cause paranoia. I mean, uh, the topic is very scary. Ransomware, and even scarier when you talk about someone in your system at, at that moment. And um, but the story we're, we're going with is, is really the safeguards go a long way and just some basic precautions. Uh, make it where you don't have to be uh, quite so afraid of, of those situations. Fear of the unknown causes a lot of the paranoia. But, um, but no, when, when they're in your system, um, you know, what they're after is being in your network. And, and so it's something connected to your network.
0: And when we talk, uh, one question, when we talk about this, we're, we're talking about really on the business side, or are we talking about the personal side as well, like my personal computer?
2: I mean, it, could, it, it really could be either. Of course, they, uh, you know, it's um, more profitable to them if they go after businesses, typically. Uh, but really, really, really either one. But in this, in this example, and this real topic, this is more, you know, aimed at the, the the businesses, the business networks, um, the people that that really have uh, data that's critical, you know, it, it it impacts their business,
1: and so that that's yes. that's what this is about. I mean, people who will pay, who would pay, yeah, a rent. That's who they're going after. So, um, but yeah, no, it's mainly business, and and it and it's a network, and and so once they're in, the the thing people, uh, you know, when they're first learning about the topic is. Uh, it's kind of a shock that someone's in the network for several days, several weeks. Um, and th- the reason that's the case is, well, all right, so let's just step through it. Let's say um, someone in the in the business clicks on a link they shouldn't. Uh, that gives someone, you know, one of the bad guys entry into the network. What they do and how they call it, they land on an island. The island is the one computer. Um, that's all they have access to initially and so they now want to try to get maneuver through the network, um, you know, undetected to try to find something valuable, to, to know that they found all the things that are valuable and, and encrypt it. So to move from one computer, well, so the first thing they do once they get entry, uh, like we say, they land on an island. Um, one of the first things they're going to try to do is get persistence because if the user reboots a computer or anything at that moment they lose they lose contact uh, and, and they've lost their entry. Uh, so the first thing I want to do is install something and get persistence so that when it reboots it'll run their program along with the ones it should and, and let them have persistence again the next day and and, and um, so that's that's the number one goal of these guys and then
0: after that, so Go they're ahead. looking to just get on one computer at this stage. Doesn't matter, right. they just need to get on one, on a network.
1: Right, and, and it's often a workstation, which is not very valuable. It, it's often connected to someone who's checking their email. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they don't have security filters on their personal email, and maybe they're checking their personal email at work. Um, so, But in, in, anyway, it, it normally lands on a workstation, which is not that valuable to a hacker and they want to get in there, they want to stay there a while and look around. And today we'll talk about all the obstacles they have to overcome to do that and about how to make that more difficult for them and about how to have a detection system on top running at all times so that you try to keep them in there longer, you have more obstacles, and then you try to uh, detect the entire time. So it it just increases your chances of, of knowing, you know, that this happens and stopping before encryption that's you know that's the goal
0: so and and i hear this all the time um and i read this too that somebody clicked on a malicious link at abc company and all of a sudden all of a sudden it seems like it's all of a sudden that everybody everybody's computer and their network is all it's infected um mm-hmm. so they it, it it seems like these hackers are pretty patient in what they're doing
2: yeah, the, the I mean the, the big the big stories, the big impacts that you hear about, um, you know that these people have been in the network, been in the computers for days, for weeks. You know the example you just gave. I mean that was a kind of a semi automated automated attack, for example. Um, you know that wasn't a uh, that's not going to be a half a million dollar ransomware,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, uh,
2: or a ransom claim on that one. Right. And so the the ones where the intrusion detection system that we're talking about, um, the ones where that comes in are when uh, these people get in and have a chance to look around, and they are able to somehow, through maybe best, best guess or something like that, determine, okay, this, this is a business, this is a county government, this is a hospital, this is critical data, these people will pay a lot of money. Um, you know, those automated attacks that you're using, example, you know, that could be a, a $10,000 ransom, right? Or, or
1: gift cards. Or, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, it could, it could
2: be five $100 iTunes gift cards or something like that. Um, but the ones where they get in and can take their time to figure out, okay, what, what kind of business is this? How important is this data? Where's the data? Maybe where are the backups? You know, um, they really they really figure out, they really kind of um, case the place. Yeah. You see these these old uh, bank heist movies, <laughs> right. you know, they take the, the, the bad guys take the time to study
1: and to figure things out um, so that they, you know, have the biggest payoff possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, clicking a link and something happening immediately, I mean that's kind of like virus scale. And, and if you've got a good antivirus and you're patched every night to the lo- to the latest definitions, um, you're going to catch that unless it's something that's completely new to the world, a completely new virus. They call those zero-day. Uh, those are rare. You know, they still exist and there are virus programs that use, um, you know, some some machine learning and some, some AI or uh, artificial intelligence to, to detect even a zero-day virus. So there's precautions against those silly little automated attacks, I guess we'd say. Um, but no, it's it's the ones where someone lands, they get in, they see, and they're able to remove obstacles, make accounts for themselves. I mean, that's that's the thing that gets on the news, <clears throat> like David's saying, is
0: hundreds of thousands of dollars ransom. So wait, let me see if I understand this. So once they're in, taking the scenario that you mentioned earlier about going, basically going into a bank, they're basically in a bank in this example where all the drawers are unlocked and the safe is open and they can just walk around at night is basically what, or in the anytime they want. And they have free reign to everything once they're in. And like you said, this yeah. island hopping is where they start.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, what you, you don't want them to have free reign and in, and in any real bank if if they get in on the network, they, they won't have free reign. I mean, so, so we'll talk about the obstacles. Um, to to make that more difficult for them, maybe um, where it could take weeks and months, and and the whole time you're trying to detect them. So there are detection systems where they're looking at persistence. There are detection systems where they're looking at behavior on the computer different from the user. Kind of like you know the example we use is forensic accounting, um, and but those need to run for you know, several days and it's, it's, not a, it's not an automatic, hey, this is definitely a bad thing going on. It is something that has to, you know, analyze. And in, in a lot of cases, it'll flag a person with these security centers who will analyze uh, this certain thing that's unknown and looks like um, it's malicious. And so that, you know, that could take a day or two. And, and so that's kind of intrusion detection system. And you want that blanket the entire time and then you want uh, several obstacles to jump over. I mean, it, really the number one thing and, and a lot of corporate America has this but a lot of small companies don't is the principle of least privilege. So you know, if, if you land on, if the bad guy lands on one island and he's trying to get to the next one and the next one, is the admin password the same for every workstation? Uh- is the ad- it, and that may it may or may not be the the password the user uh, puts in when they log in
0: in the morning, and um, that goes back to that whole password protection that we talked about in the last episode,
1: right?
2: Or or even worse, have they happened upon a workstation that a uh, um, someone uses that has administrative access
1: to the oh, entire oh, network? Oh yeah, that's yeah. a big island. If um, they land on that island, and,
2: and that happens more often than you might think, because that's. I don't want to use the word lazy, but that's the easy way to do things when you're when you're setting up a network, when you're setting up users, and then you don't have to worry about, um, you know, allowing all these individual permissions or access levels. Uh, you just kind of throw a blanket over it and give everybody access to everything. Um, you know, that works great
0: until it doesn't, and, and then it's a, you know, chaos ensues so them. Oh, Wow. So the the purpose, and I mentioned this early on with the episodes. The purpose of these podcasts in this five part series is to educate our listeners and our our subscribers in how to protect themselves. Which personally, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's going to be the best defense is the education and knowing what to do and what not to do. Um, I know that, and I get on our personal computers. We have, I think, Norton antivirus. Do, does antivirus help in these cases, these antivirus?
1: Well, well the antivirus is really, that's the automated things we were talking about. I mean, really the intrusion detection system and endpoint detection and response, uh, IDS and EDR, uh, those are the systems that run on top of antivirus. So uh, yeah, you need antivirus, that's the basic building block. With the next block, um, you know, for any organization that, that's really concerned about ransomware or that may be a target. You want these extra things. I mean, EDR is really hot right now. Um, what does EDR stand for? Uh, endpoint detection and response and it's it's another layer of um, defense that's added to the endpoint, which is a workstation, you know, somewhere where someone may click on a link and, and get entry. And it, it it does other types of analysis other than, hey, is this a is this, uh, you know, a known bad actor? Okay. So it's, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mark.
0: Uh, I was just going to ask, give me an example of what, I, and you, IDS stands for what?
1: Intrusion Detection System.
0: Okay, so I don't know what either of those are, IDS or EDR. Can you give me an example, just so I understand?
1: Okay. yeah yeah sure um so <laughs> or
0: is there one <laughs> no, it's, it's, we it's, just straws on one.
1: that one so yeah. we're we trying not to take uh, an hour and a half to explain <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the the good side is that there's a lot of information the downside is there's not endless amounts of time but our listeners I, I know one of our listeners sent me a message saying that they really appreciate these podcasts and they don't listen to them all at once but they listen to them throughout so that's keep going no
1: we we can boil it down
2: yeah no, okay, so with, uh, with IDS, there's a few different flavors or layers of it, one of them is on the network, one of them is on, the, uh, on a host or like a server, and so with the network version um, or flavor of IDS, um, you have a piece of software that monitors the entire, you know, local network, and it's looking for what it considers to be suspicious activity. And that suspicious activity could be based on, um, you know, certain rules that are predefined, could be based on baselines, just abnormal behavior. You know, um, do these users, you know, at, at 8 o'clock at night, how much ad- how much activity is there normally at 8 o'clock at night? Well, you should say there's very little, right? Unless it's a 24 by 7 operation that's different. Um, those are things that an IDS system would you could configure to detect. So if everyone leaves at five o'clock and all of a sudden some manager's workstation starts downloading or uploading a lot of data at eight o'clock at night, that should really set off alarms there. Um, you know, if if a certain computer uh, sends data to some foreign country or receives a connection from a foreign country, right? That's that should be caught, or not really caught, but should set off an alarm. And the thing with intrusion detection is uh, it's, it's not prevention, that's another system. This is, this is when someone has already gotten in. Someone or something, some automated program has already already made entry, has a foothold. You obviously want to catch that as soon as you can. And so that's what this is. This is like the, the, the trip wire or the uh, yeah, motion sensor in a bank, right? So they've already broken in, they've already broken down the first defense somehow, one way or another. Um, What do you do from that point on? You have to catch them as soon as possible. I don't know if I really answered your question or
0: not. Yes. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I was just thinking as you were talking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then then, then with the the EDR or the endpoint detection and response, um, that's very similar. It's, uh, as Brad mentioned, it kind of lays over top of the, Antivirus software. In some cases, it's kind of bundled together to where it replaces antivirus, but it uses kind of a similar behavior uh, or similar features of IDS where it monitors the system. Um, it can watch out for things that may seem to be what it considers abnormal, like all of a sudden a single application which it's never seen before, a single program which appears to be brand new. Uh, starts accessing a thousand files within a, you know, a five second period. Well, that's sets off alarms and it can respond and, and at that point take action to block it, right? So you actually have some remediation there where it can either uh, prevent any damage
1: or activity or, or at least limit it. Got it. And you can see how that, that might block, you know, the day after you install it, it may block something that you need, you know, legitimately for your business. So right. that's you really have to configure these things um, well, so, so that you don't you, you interrupt the business as, as as little as possible.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, neither of these systems, especially IDS, no, they're not set it and forget it. Unfortunately, so they 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 require, uh, you know. A team of trained professionals um, you know whether that's in house i t or outsourced or or some kind of a a consultant or something uh, to to monitor uh, and continually adjust
0: these systems unfortunately that's 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 what that requires so and we- I, know, I I know I'm bouncing around on questions, but if it's if it's just a person that's island hopping that's getting into the computer. Can't you stop them a lot easier than if it was automated?
2: Uh actually no, right. And the reason why I say that yeah, is because <laughs> yeah, Well, if if it is a person, then obviously they can they can change their tactics, right? If they if they see that you're using XYZ security software, they can study that, do some research, figure out maybe the weak points. Okay, those are certain things that maybe these automated systems, um, what they, they they won't do, and and even beyond that, like I mentioned before, the human can figure out what kind of business you are, and figure out maybe uh, you know calculate what you might be willing to pay to get your data back.
1: Yeah, or, or look at your software and the vulnerabilities in your software. I mean, a lot of vulnerabilities are known, and so. You know, they see that you're running this particular piece of software and a certain version, they can, you know, certainly if it's not the latest and if it's not patched well with the updates, they can go look up a, a vulnerability and, and probably they're attacking something that they, they uh, are familiar with already, a vulnerability uh, that they've kind of honed in on. Um, but yeah, you, believe it or not, Adobe is a software that's attacked quite, Adobe Reader. Uh, So you've got to be, because it's just easy to add some malicious code to the attachment.
2: Um, It's so widely used,
1: a a PDF
2: people think, you know, not picking on Adobe, Um, but uh, yeah, it's just so widely used and anything that gains popularity uh, or gains, you know, wide Mm -hmm. use is going to be.
1: And they can run a script in the back. I mean, you got Excel, Mm -hmm. Word, all kinds of things can run a macro.
2: Yeah, it, it used to be before it was Adobe PDFs. It used to be Microsoft Word back in the day with macro viruses and things like that. And there's a certain amount of uh, security um, that people feel with PDFs. Um, you know, they're just they're they're benign, static information. They can't do anything. It's just opening a a document, and you know they don't know that they can do so much more. So again, that that's, that goes back to some of the other conversations we had as far as Software updates, security updates, thats that goes yeah. with that. So but that's,
1: you know, a person can find those, whereas automated would just crash
0: and those, you know, just would not be successful. Do they, does the hacker need to have the password before they start this process? So for example, uh, are, are they going through and finding our passwords and then going and then island hopping or? Are they doing it together? They could.
2: They, they could. Um, they could do that. Or, or once, you know, some action is taken by the end user by accident and somehow this hacker, this bad guy gets it in, right, then they can install password stealing applications that monitor oh, yeah. keyboard activity and can capture, key, key, uh, capture passwords and information that's typed in. Um, we're really not trying to scare you. All this stuff sounds pretty bad, I know, but uh,
0: no, you no. Know, I, I then you're going to share what are the additional s- steps you can take to protect yourself. But we'll get to that. Yes, yeah. So,
2: so to answer your question, yes and no. They, they sometimes they get your password, and that makes it easier for them.
1: Sometimes they don't have to have that. It depends on
2: how they're how yeah. they're getting in or how they got in. I
1: mean, once they're in, uh, most of the time they can get the password if you're not using a password manager. Um, they can, and you're saving to the browser or you're saving to Windows, they can go in and pull those a lot of times in yeah. certain cases. The attacks sometimes are not really a malicious link like a phishing attack. You click on it, uh, there's no malicious code, there's no automated thing and there's no entry for the hacker. But what they're trying to do is take uh, steal your credentials, credential harvesting. Uh, is what that one's called. And if they get your credential, they trick you into thinking that, you know, you to make you think you clicked on Facebook and it goes to Got something it. that looks like Facebook, you put in your password, they collect. So, um, you know, that's credential harvesting versus uh, a malicious code being executed that, that gives them command and control. Um, but yeah, once they're in, they they can find a lot of passwords. And so you don't want your admin password uh, to be the same as the user. You don't want the admin passwords to be the same across the network. Right. And then you, you want the server or any, any crown jewels, anything valuable, you want that behind um, an extra layer. Multi-factor authentication is great there. Um, so it's not just something you know, but it's also something you have. You have to have a token or you have to have um, the app previously set up. Um, right. To put out a number every 30 seconds. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's the way to, to do those things. And um, in every case, I mean, you have probably seen a theme here that if it's very convenient for the IT guys or the users, and it, then it's not very secure. And then the other extreme is it's so secure that it's unusable. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to find that happy medium, right? Or and. Some organizations need to lean on the more security side. They need to be toward that side of the spectrum and, and some, you know, don't necessarily need to be. But at some point, you need, you need to be inconvenienced a little bit. You know, you need to put in another code uh, that changes every 30 seconds or you need to not have admin access to every computer in your whole network with one password. Um, so that's, that's uh, just good practice.
0: It makes sense. And to be a little inconvenienced in this for a short period of time is a lot easier than dealing with it on the longer period once they're in. So I always thought that if someone's in there, I shouldn't say I always thought, I used to think, um, once someone's in, I could just unplug my computer, turn it off and they'll go away. But if they're in, they're in. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. I mean as far as persistence that's one of the first things they do once they once they land on the island they're going to they're going to put something in there where they can remain on the island and that's um so in rare cases yeah turning off your computer you know would help but um you know disconnecting from the internet I mean some people we get that question a lot yeah um, normally that that also uh disconnection I mean the internet is is the lifeline for for everybody nowadays, so it, it could also disconnect your virus scan and your updates <laughs> but it, i mean hey that's a, it's a good last resort right Just Dis- disconnect from the internet that
0: oh yeah, I remember you know. early on when you used to have to plug in and do the dial up, you just unplug it and boom, you were done
1: yeah 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 it's it's so much more it it integrated, integrated now myself, I mean by the way well yeah we we were all there <laughs> in those days so <laughs>
0: Um. All right, so that doesn't work. (laughs) That doesn't work. Right. Yeah. I mean, what?
1: There's no magic bullet. Maybe we haven't said this in in the previous ones, but we we can say it now. If there's anyone who says guaranteed, no ransomware, I mean, that's a person you really shouldn't (laughs) trust. I mean, just like we talked earlier about, your house could be broken into, but they don't. You know, the burglars aren't going to try your house because you have a burglar alarm. You have you know motion sensors and all those things, but truth be known, if you're targeted. They want to break into your house specifically. They will. No, nothing will stop them. Um, same thing with ransomware. There, there is, you know, there is no magic answer. So instead, what you're looking for is defense in depth. That's what it's called. You, you want lots of layers of protection on top of each other. And yeah. um, so that's and that's kind of what we're describing. That's that's the world of Um, EDR, IDS, uh, email security filters, you know, human human training. So your human firewall. So that's um, how much depth do you need? Is the, I guess, the magic question everyone's trying to decide right now.
0: So, a lot of our audience, they're individuals. They're not. We do have a number that are um, corporate. That well, obviously they work, um, but we have some members that are are retired or younger generations whether they're in school, um, a lot of these activities that you're describing, it sounds like it's, is it costly to do this? Is it expensive to put all these different things, layers in place? How, what's the best approach for the individual that has their own laptop um, or computer and they go online, they search the internet, they do, I mean, what should they be doing? And I know you've mentioned before, but I just want to reiterate it and keep it coming around so that people know that there are steps, There, and we've talked about this, there are steps we can take as individuals that maybe they're not that costly or expensive.
2: Sure, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> the biggest one that we've seen, uh, well, there's several, I guess it's not really fair to say there's one big one, um, but keeping the software up to date is, is a huge Part of that, right? If you're if you're running a uh, seven-year-old version of Windows, you know Windows XP or Windows Vista, or whatever, um, that's gone way beyond support. Microsoft's not releasing any updates for it, um, or, or the same as for any operating system, you know Mac OS or whatever. Um, you're you're you have a huge amount of risk there every time you go online. Every time you even simply plug in or connect to a wireless network, um, you're you're putting yourself um, in a great deal of danger. And so that's the big thing is just keeping keeping the software up to date, making sure whether it's Windows or Mac OS or whatever it is, that it's always up to date. Um, these, the software companies are getting pretty good. They've had to at just annoying the heck out of you <laughs> To update the
0: software, <laughs>
2: right. uh, and and yes, sometimes you have to pay for it, whether it's Adobe or Microsoft or whatever, um, and that's aggravating too to have to buy software that's QuickBooks
1: updates. Yeah, what
2: yeah. whatever it is, uh, unfortunately, that's 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 just part of it, right? There's many reasons to keep it up to date. Um, you know, support is one of them. If you have a problem with the software, you can get support from whoever writes it. But security
1: is the other part of that too, though, um, and so. Software updates, that's a huge part of it. And Windows 7, we should mention that, January 20th, um, here coming up in the next few weeks, is the end of life for Windows 7 and Windows Server 2008, 2008 R2, so um, there's several operating systems that, and people love Windows 7, so it, it, it was really popular, it's still really popular, and we're a weeks away from end of life, so the security updates will, will end uh, all updates will end in, on January 20th for that one. And, and that's just one example of, you know, there's a lot of uh, points where that can can go. Um, and that's in the year 2020. 2020,
2: right. And so you can imagine just just as that as an example, you know, that Microsoft has said on this day, we will stop releasing updates. Huh. If holes are found in our software, we'll stop patching them. And so you can imagine just from that how many people Oh there's there's have, gotta have, be have found millions of
1: people waiting on
2: the vulnerabilities and are just sitting on them waiting to launch attacks um just for that reason. Yeah. So because they know they're not gonna fix them, or at least they say. I mean Microsoft they you know they, they have the right to change their mind. Occasionally so they do. They be. have before.
1: Yeah. They they they, 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 some they old stuff. They
2: found up. flaws in the past and and uh, and and have come back and, and patched it when they said they weren't going to. So
1: anyway, if they determine it's critical enough they, they they probably will okay I mean really for for a single you're asking what should a single laptop person do, whether it be a company or an individual I mean these these safeguards that we're talking about uh, if it's just a single individual and it's you know there's maybe there's not client data, maybe it's just data that's valuable to you only and, uh, you know we you can still do security for emails so go get a good, Email security filter. Uh, you could still do that for a couple bucks a month. Um, you could get. Um, you can go do some training online if you're just one person and, and you're, uh, you know, you're up to it. You can go get uh, cybersecurity stuff. There's enough free stuff out there to kind of learn, or you can you can pay and get a, a service. Uh, you know, if you're an individual and you don't have client data or anything really sensitive, you might not want intrusion detection. Yeah, uh, but if you know a few dollars. Five dollars a month would go along. Would get you intrusion detection. I mean, it's no big deal. And then um, password managers, mostly free, to a single user. So I mean, th- these are the things we've talked about. And then uh, next week uh, or next time we talk about the backup. It for a single user, it's really easy to get a backup or a cloud-based storage system. Um, so I mean, you you wouldn't spend as a single individual. You wouldn't spend. Um, twenty five dollars a month to, to do all these things. Um and that I mean I think that's inexpensive for um businesses and, and industry. Uh it's it's the same kind of thing. I mean it scales to to um different costs depending on you know whether you want firewalls and, and other networking costs are involved with businesses, but it's relatively inexpensive either way. Large business, single that's individual. Good. It's good too. Yeah. Yeah, dollars per month is is, you know, kind of what you're talking about for these specific safeguards. Now, you know, I, I, I'm sure uh, banks and other financial institutions spend quite a bit more um, than, than these basic uh, things least we're talking about today. At least we hope they do. <laughs> so exactly. Most, I guess we say,
0: yeah. All right. So you gave us a hint of what's happening on the, the fifth episode, the fifth and final episode. So I'm excited to continue those conversations. If our audience and subscribers have questions, follow up questions, which I'm sure they will, where can they reach you guys? So
1: we're Iron Grid Networks uh, on the internet. Irongrid.net is our website. And you can contact us uh, through there. Happy to answer any questions. Okay. And, um, and help anyone out. All right. So, yeah, next week um, we talked about backup, but I, w- I want to uh, just mention that a lot of people think they have a good backup and probably do have a, a decent backup. But to be, um, you know, to, be, to say you have a backup that can be restored quickly in the event of ransomware is kind of a different question or, or a subtle difference to the question. So, we're going to talk specifically about that. Um, it, it's not. Uh, do you have a backup? Check the box. And then, you know, you don't worry about it anymore. So we're going to talk through some of the details and and the nuances
0: of that. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm excited to listen to that. Thank you guys. Um, I appreciate it. I know our audience and subscribers appreciate it as well. And for those listening, definitely um, continue listening to this series. Uh, Next week is going to be a really good one as well. Um, And, Reach out to Brad or David if you do have follow-up questions at Iron Grid. And thank you again for listening. If um, you have other people that need to learn more about this, please share this podcast with with them. And as always, please subscribe so that when we have more information and um, uh, interviews coming through, you get notified immediately. Thank you, everyone.